Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. All right, it's so good to have you with me. I want to encourage you to share this uh, on your Facebook, on YouTube. Just just share it, get the word out. If you're listening on a podcast, um, let, let us know as well because I'm very excited about today. I'm very excited as we continue our walk through the Gospel of John. We are getting God's Word into us so that we can get uh, God's Word out of us into the world around us as we live it out very practically. Today is very exciting. Also, um, yeah, we're, we're getting to know Jesus better. We're, we're um, looking at what He did and... Um, what he said, and really journeying with him. And we are getting closer and closer to the cross as we're in John chapter 14. And here Jesus is talking about how to heal a troubled heart, help for our troubled hearts. That's what this whole chapter is about. And today we're looking specifically at the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, uh, calling it That's the Spirit, The Holy Spirit is talked about in the Bible all the way from the beginning of the Bible in the second verse of Genesis all the way to the end. And some people get a little freaked out when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's a little spooky, but no, the Holy Spirit is not someone to be afraid of. He is God. Now, the church that I grew up in, there was just kind of this fear around the Holy Spirit, so much so that when we sang hymns, you know, and you had the first verse about God and the second verse of God the Father, second verse about Jesus, third verse is about uh, the Holy Spirit in many of the old hymns, we just skipped that one. And, and they certainly didn't want anyone raising their hands uh, because they thought that meant that uh, you were getting a little carried away. So the Holy Spirit was always avoided kind of like your weird uncle at a family reunion where you're like, uh, I know you're here, but could you just stay over there to the side and stay out of the way? But then when I was in high school, my best friend was uh, a charismatic Pentecostal kind of guy. And um, I got to go to some of those church services where <laughs> people got a little carried away, really. they They were, it was sweaty and you know, people falling on the floor and all that. And it, that's a little weird. So, and, and every time something uh, weird happened, they were like, that's the spirit. And it seems like there's these extremes where people either embrace the Holy Spirit or they reject him. And, and we, as followers of Jesus, we don't need to take a uh, middle of the road approach. We don't want just 
enough of the Holy Spirit. We want all of the Holy Spirit. You can't get too much of the Holy Spirit. We want to get all of the Holy Spirit we can, and we want the Holy Spirit to have all of us that he can. So we don't want to have a balanced approach. We want to have a biblical approach to the Holy Spirit. And so I'm not afraid of the Holy Spirit. I want him to work in my life. I want him to work in my church in a way that I can't even explain. And I want to know him better and more deeply and intimately and closer even than I have before. So as we get started in John chapter 14, starting in verse 15, I want us to kind of focus in on this key verse, kind of one of the last verses that we're going to be looking at today, but just as, a, as an umbrella uh, in the Amplified translation in John 14, 26, uh, Jesus says, but the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that I've told you. So in this one verse, you've got Jesus, the uh, God the Son, in the flesh, talking about how God the Father will send God the Holy Spirit to help us in all of these ways. And the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is equal and eternal with God the Father and God the Son. He's not less than God. He's not separate from God. He is God. He always has been. He always will be. And this concept of the Trinity is hard for us to wrap our heads around. It's hard to understand, but as believers, you don't think that you, there's no way to understand it because it doesn't mean that, that, we, that we worship three different gods. We worship one God who exists in three persons with a capital P. And the way we relate to him is as God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. He has a personality. He is a person. And sometimes we make the mistake of thinking of the Holy Spirit as it, as an it. Probably because, you know, we say, we put the the in front of Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, because we don't usually say like, for if you're talking about me, you don't say the Cole Phillips. You know, you might think of me as an it if you said the Cole Phillips, you know, but the Holy Spirit is a person that we can relate with. And so how, how do we relate with him? Well, we need to know him. We need to know who he is and what he's like so we can know uh, what he wants to do and what he can do in our lives, especially to heal our troubled hearts, because we have many days that we are troubled, just like the disciples were troubled. And in John chapter 14, Jesus is still talking about how to heal a troubled heart, and the greatest help that we can receive, that we do receive from God, is the very presence of God in our lives, in the person of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus wants us to know who he is and what he can do. So in verse 15, this is where we're starting today, all right? Uh, John 14, verse 15, if you got your Bibles, pull those out, uh, take some notes. Here we go. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. 
okay? What is he saying? If you love Jesus, you will keep Jesus' commands. Let's just start there because obedience is not an option for a follower of Jesus. It's not like, ah, take it or leave it, right? Jesus is saying, if you love him, then you will, what follows is you'll keep his commandments. That doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. That doesn't mean you'll never blow it or never sin, but you love Jesus and you believe with all that you are that Jesus is the son of God. So you're going to have this desire in your life and in your heart to honor him and to please him, not because you have to, not because it's a works-based, I'm trying to work my way into a relationship with God, but because you love him. You have a love relationship with him. Let's think about this. Loving Jesus. What does loving Jesus mean? Because we get love confused, right? And loving Jesus isn't just an emotional thing. You know, we think of love as this strong feeling, and that's a part of it, but but loving Jesus isn't based on how we feel because feelings come and go. Feelings rise and fall. Feelings fade. And Jesus isn't talking about riding the roller coaster of emotions because then sometimes you're going to feel like you love him and so you'll obey him. And then other days you won't feel like you love him. So what are you going to do? You won't obey him. So this is not an emotional love that changes with feelings. However, loving Jesus isn't a uh, just a rational, you know, thinking, mental commitment. It involves our mind, but it's not just... I decided that Jesus is who he says he is, and so the right way to live is to do what he says and to follow his teachings, okay? Um, It's not just doing the best you can. It's not mind over matter and having enough discipline to follow all the rules. That becomes dead, heartless religion, right? So loving Jesus is both. It's your heart and your mind. It's also your spirit. It's everything you've got because in the Bible, the heart is like the seat of our emotions, of our affections, and of our will, of our desire. And so the heart, it focuses your affection and your your devotion, your commitment to a thing or a person And if that person is the person of Jesus, then that's going to lead you to want to give everything to him, to live for him. Jesus went on to say, if you love him and you keep his commandments, in other words, you are a true follower of Jesus, then in return, he is going to send you the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? That means not every person has the Holy Spirit in their life. Only followers of Jesus have the Holy Spirit. Um, so before you're a Christian, you, you don't have the Holy Spirit. But if you have Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. Um, God is the one. God the Father sends the Holy Spirit to us. He sent Jesus into the world. He sends the Holy Spirit to live in us, okay? To the, to, he sends the Holy Spirit to people who love his son, Jesus. And the, the greatest thing that God does in our life, he gives us the presence and the gift of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. So, and, and check it out. Jesus says this, I love this, I'm gonna go back and look. He says, he will help you, 
okay? We're going to talk about that. And be with you forever, okay? So just think about that. He lives in you every moment, never leaving you. From the moment you receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is with you as a seal of your salvation, as a guarantee that you are saved, that you're his, and he's with you every moment. Now think about that. If you had a choice about whether you could just spend time face-to-face with Jesus for a little moment, or you could have the Holy Spirit in your life continually, we might say, well, I'd rather be with Jesus because I could see him and I can hear him and all of those benefits. But Jesus says it's actually better that you've got the Spirit in you. Think about that, in your life, because he can be with every Christian all the time, everywhere, every moment, but sometimes we just forget that he's with us. Sometimes we take that for granted. And if the Spirit is always with you, then he lives inside every single follower of Jesus. But not every follower of Jesus realizes or recognizes the reality of the Holy Spirit in their lives. So what we need to do is we need to recognize the Holy Spirit lives in us, that he was given to us by God. And there's some people say, well, I've sort of heard about the Holy Spirit, but I never realized who he was. I never realized how much power he has in my life or what he wants to do in my life. And because the Holy Spirit lives in you, Okay, that means that God cares about your body. We're going to talk about how he's preparing you. He's preparing your body. He lives in you. And the Holy Spirit, listen, he doesn't just show up when you walk into a church building. He doesn't just show up when you hear that certain song. We say, oh, I just really felt the Holy Spirit. Or you feel a certain way. He is with you everywhere you go. When you wake up in the morning till you lay your head down to sleep, at night, and then still, like Lionel Richie says, all night long, all night, all night, all night, all night. Uh, Here's the difference that that makes to us today. What that means is you are never alone. You may feel alone. You may feel alone, but you are uh, friended by God. And if you're friends with him, he's not going to unfriend you, okay? Uh, you are never alone. Uh, he, he's with you even when you don't feel his presence, even when you lose someone that you love, even when you're in the hospital. Um, in fact, it, sometimes it's those times where, um, in those, those difficult times, where you feel the closest to him because he's there when you need him most. And the, the word that Jesus uses here for helper is the Greek word, Paraclete or parakletos, which means to come alongside. And and this is a picture of someone who would be sent to help in any way possible of a friend who would be there when when you're going through confusion or, or difficulty or trouble. But it's also the picture of sending an advocate, like a lawyer, to plead your case, to defend you. And there's many ways that this word parakletos uh, is, uh, can be translated, but probably the best word is 
helper. He's there to help you in your time of need. And how does he do that? He helps you by telling you the truth. He is the truth. Look at verse 17. The spirit of truth. You know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The spirit of truth. It's not denying the truth that helps you. It's recognizing and knowing the truth that really helps you. And Jesus says in verse 17, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, that very same truth of Jesus. And what this means today, and I want to reinforce this when people say your truth, my truth, their truth. No, there's not different truths. There is the truth and you can know the truth when you know God, when you have the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, he says the world can't receive the Holy Spirit, okay? It's impossible for the world to receive the Holy Spirit because they don't see him, they don't know him. The world that our culture separated from God, they can't see, they only they only respond to what they can see and touch and feel and taste and have and use. That's the way our world works. And sometimes it's easy for us because we're in the world, we're not of the world. It's easy for us to, to start thinking like the world thinks and think that, oh, they don't have the Holy Spirit, so I don't have the Holy Spirit. But Jesus has promised as a follower of Jesus, there's something different about you. You can know God's Spirit. You know Him by your own experience of Him, but you know Him by His promise, the promise of His presence. The Holy Spirit is the personal presence of Jesus in your life. So Jesus says in verse 18, I will never leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Jesus said, I will come to you. He meant um, that after he died, he would return and he would come back to give uh, his followers his personal presence. He wouldn't leave us comfortless. He wouldn't leave us without any comfort or any help. He wants to help us. He wants us to have, he knows we need help. And he says, I'm not going to leave you orphaned. I'm not going to leave you helpless to struggle through the problems that you're going to face alone. Some of the problems we face because we are in the world, we're mortal, you know, we're human and we have problems. And some of the problems we face are because we're followers of Jesus. So our lives are going to be different than the people around us. Listen, the world, they saw Jesus in his earthly ministry for, you know, those years that he was physically present. But once he left, they couldn't see him anymore. And the next time Jesus comes, the next time the world sees him, he's coming in judgment over the world. But the presence of Jesus is a living, eternal presence in our life because he died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again. He defeated death. He lives forever. And when Jesus says, uh, because I live, I'm alive, you also will live. So how does Jesus live? Well, the life that Jesus has is life that is abundant, that is full, that is joyful, that goes on forever. 
That's the kind of life. It's life at its fullest. And that's the kind of life that he says, because I live to that life, you're going to have that kind of life. A life that is full and abundant and eternal and joyful and meaningful and purposeful. That's the kind of life that he has for you today. And he says, you know, that it, this is Jesus and, and God the Father, the Spirit, the believer. We are united together. And this is really hard to understand, but it is it is nonetheless completely true, three in one, the, the Trinity of God, of the Godhead. And in verse 20, he says, you're, you realize, you're going to realize on that day, you realize that you're going to know it and you do know it. You know today and just say, I, God, I know that you're present with me. In fact, this is when he says that Christ in you, I, he says, I am in you. And so many people today are confused about who they are, their true identity. Where do you find your identity? How do you define yourself? Well, you don't define yourself by your job because you can lose your job. You don't define yourself even by your family of origin. You know, if you look at, I think about my dad, and I love my dad, but, you know, he uh, he was a little rough around the edges. And sometimes, you know, of course, I see him in myself, um, but he is not my identity. My identity is Christ in me, Christ in me. The Holy Spirit is the the manifest presence of Jesus in our lives. So in verse 21, he says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love them and show myself to them. Let me just talk about that for a second. Um, Think about this. There's never been a time in your life when you are unloved. You may not feel loved. Even before you were a Christian, God loved you. He loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. So you've never been unloved, and you never will be unloved. And and when you go through a, a problem or a crisis, you can know that you are loved by God. That's why he moves. That's why he has his spirit present with you to meet the deepest needs of your life, to to let you know that he cares. And sometimes he'll send people, you know, and the people that he sends in your life can show his love to you. Don't overlook that, how he sends the right people at the right time. But even if you're all alone, you know that he is giving you confidence, or as I like to say, Godfidence. He's giving you forgiveness. He's giving you assurance, everything that you need. And, uh, you know, he does. He sends help depending on your need. He knows you perfectly. He loves you perfectly. So he gives you exactly what you need to help you with a troubled heart through what you're going through and, uh, we need to remember that. We, we don't want to forget how much we are loved. And then um, in verse 22, it says, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? 
So Judas, this is not the disciple that betrayed Jesus. He had already left the room. But this is Judas, who's also known as Thaddeus. He asks this question, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And, you know, a lot of people, we ask that question. Um, people doubt the presence of, of Jesus. Uh, Jesus uh, is, is present in us as believers, but Judas was thinking like sometimes we think in terms of a physical, visible presence that you can see. But the Holy Spirit instead is this indwelling presence of God in my life. So I am never alone. And in verse 23, Jesus replied this. He said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them. And we we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And he says, my father, we, and we will make our home with you, with the believer, the follower of Jesus. And this word for home that he uses, the same word that he used for the mansions earlier in this uh, passage, like he's preparing a home for you in heaven. At the same time, he's, he's making his home in you to prepare you for the home that he's got ready for you. So it's a home uh, that he has for us, but he's making his home in us. And just think about that. Of all the places that God could choose to dwell, he chooses to dwell in your life, in the life of uh, the believer. And, um, and so it's, it's so encouraging to know that his presence is with us. If we're followers of Jesus, he's not going to leave us. Um, and uh, then... He says also that he is the the teacher. He calls the Holy Spirit the the advocate uh, and also that he's going to teach us. So look at verse 25. All this I've spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So what does he do? He teaches, he helps us, to understand, you know what, there's one thing to just give you facts, but if you don't understand them, they're not going to really help. So what the Holy Spirit does is he helps you to understand the teachings of Jesus, what Jesus said. He helps you to understand the Bible. Some people say, I just don't understand the Bible. Well, lean into the Holy Spirit. He wants to help you understand and give you understanding of the Word of God. Um, and so uh, he's given to you to teach you what Jesus said, what Jesus did, to teach you the truth, to give you life, to, to help you understand the Word of God, but show you how to live out the Word of God, okay? Uh, both what does it say and how do I live, both uh, the, the morality of the Scripture or the, the, the behavior of the Scripture, and how do we live that out? But not just to understand it, but check this out. This is so cool. Because what happens is the Holy Spirit also brings to mind, helps you to remember what you have learned. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes I forget that he's with me. Sometimes I get down and discouraged and I forget the promises of God. And so what the Holy Spirit does is he reminds me time and time again, especially in those moments of, of my greatest need when I'm going through troubles 
he will remind me, he will remind you of his presence, of his love, of his truth. And um, he will even guide you through those times. He will walk with you through those times. So today, you can trust God's spirit to be your advocate, to be your helper, your counselor, your teacher. That, that's what he wants to be in your life because Jesus' promises back then about the Holy Spirit are just as true today. They're just as true today as when the disciples first heard these promises. They're still active today. God's Spirit is still with you today. And so today, as we close, and I want us to pray and I want us to just ask God to, um, to, to make us more aware of his spirit and of his presence that sometimes we forget, sometimes we don't see or feel the presence of, of the spirit in our life. So let's talk to him. And you know, you can pray to the spirit. There's examples in the Bible of you pray to God the Father, you pray to Jesus the Son and God the Holy Spirit. So, so let's talk with the Spirit right now of God uh, and, and let's ask Him to be our helper through whatever it is that you're going through today. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, uh, Holy Spirit of God, we thank you for your presence in our lives, God, that you never leave us, that you have chosen to make your home to dwell and abide with us every moment, God, to help us, to, uh, to give us comfort in our trouble, to give us love uh, and companionship in our loneliness, God, that you are always with us today and that you have power in our lives and you have power to work through our lives. So today, help us to just recognize and remember your truth and your presence and to walk with you, God, um, as the, the presence of God in our lives. Lord, we thank you for that. And we love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have a blessed day and I look forward to seeing you really soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast. Connect.